0: Conscious Couples Conversations is underwritten by Love Palm, the online game that really helps your relationship. Welcome to Conscious Couples Conversations. I'm Bill Weil. Each time on the program, we talk to relationship experts to discover ways to deepen our connection with our partners. Lale Hancock is a leadership and entrepreneurial coach and consultant and founder of Bella Pamo a global professional services company. With over 30 years of experience in operational excellence, change management, and business consulting, Lalay has inspired and empowered thousands of individuals, including Fortune 500 executives, government agencies, nonprofit organizations, athletes, and veterans. Lalay Hancock, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much, Bill, for having me on your program.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure. So today we're going to talk about the myth of the breadwinner. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but I'm going to find out when everybody else does, <laughs> and, uh, and and we'll talk about what that means. Before we do, first of all, did I pronounce the name of your company correctly, Bella? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I pronounce it Bellapimo, Is that correct?
1: Yeah, Bella Pimo.
0: Bella Pimo. And what is why what why that name? Hey, mm. and what does your company do?
1: Actually, yeah. So we're a professional services organization and we focus on assisting leaders, whether they're in the corporate arena, not for profit, or the government, in actually empowering their employees, um, culture transformations, and really business process improvement. So assisting them in growing their businesses, but doing it from the place of not just it's about the finances, but really every aspect of engagement with their employees and their clients.
0: Very cool. And where does that name come from? I'm just curious.
1: It's a made up name actually. So um, I created the business about 11 years ago Mm -hmm. when I left the technology and then the not-for-profit world. And it's the combination of my family's name. so.
0: Ah, got it. (laughs) Got it.
1: Uh, Yeah, it had an Italian flair to it, so we went with
2: it.
0: (laughs) Got it. Excellent. And now one other question before we dive in. You were featured alongside people like Oprah Winfrey and Melinda Gates in uh, America's Leading Ladies, Stories of Courage, Challenge and Triumph. What did you do to deserve that? (laughs) To earn that, I should say.
1: That's a great question. Um, Well, actually, I was chosen for this particular book because some of the changes that I've created around the world, I travel around the world and work with, like I said, businesses, not-for-profits and government, but I also do a lot of work within the communities and the publisher just loved some of the stories of change, and um, thought that I should be in the book, and put me in there.
0: <laughs> oh, beautiful! Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, the myth of the breadwinner. Um, first of all, what what do we mean by that title? <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? It's it's funny because what do most people think? Even when we say breadwinner, is is it? Is it not just an immediate, it's your husband? Oh. <laughs> like it pops in the world of, like, that's the person who's the breadwinner in the family.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. So the myth is that the husband has to be the breadwinner?
1: Well, I I say yes, but I think it's not about the exclusion of men and women and, and who does it and who doesn't do it. It really is that there's a lot of myths out there mm-hmm. about a man's responsibility in a marriage, in a relationship, woman's responsibility in that marriage or relationship. And when you start to take those away, you actually empower both to become contributions to each other mm-hmm. and be able to grow not just their finances, but their lives greater.
0: Mm-hmm. Too. Interesting. I, I'm just I'm noticing that whenever I know, I know at least two stay at home dads.
2: Mm hmm.
0: And um, I always think they're getting away with a murder. Then again, (laughs) then again, I can remember. I mean, my first wife for for 12 years. uh, You know, our kids age for the first 10 years of our first, you know, six and 10 year olds. um, Whenever I would come home or have to watch the kids by myself when they were young. I mean, then I realized I was getting away with murder by going off to work every day.
1: (laughs) It isn't interesting, though, that it is. It's these labels and titles of, like, what our jobs are if we're going into an office versus we are taking care of the family. I mean, the family person, whoever that is, they have probably a more difficult job than most of us being executives and running large organizations. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Really interesting. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my
0: goodness. So uh, what does it mean? What, when you talk about being the financial leader of your life, Yeah. what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I want to take a couple of steps back first. Okay. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think just to give you a little bit of history for me, too, I um, when I got married to um, my second husband, I actually was an executive. I at the time when we met, I was actually making even double the amount of money that he was making in a in a much more senior position. Um but there's something that happens the minute you get in a relationship and you take on these beautiful vows that you say you're going to take care of each other for the rest of your life. And that's the myth that I'm talking about is like most of it is not even things that your spouse may even be thinking, but it's really society's, you know, projections and expectations of what happens when two people come together. Mm hmm. And I experienced it myself, where I saw, you know, um, like the role reversal when we got married, and it was never Peter asking me, hey, don't be a leader, don't be an executive, don't make more money. That ma-. Like, it really was never about him, but there's these myths and there's these traps that we put ourselves in, um, trying to follow what society says is the appropriate relationship to have. So. For me, you know, one thing I realize is that I see this over and over again. It doesn't matter what the person's job title is in an organization. When it comes to their relationships, they start very early on to give up the ability to be leaders in their own lives.
0: This podcast is brought to you by LovePong, a free, fun tool that helps you deepen your connection with your partner try it today at lovepong.com. when you say they who's the they in that well it
1: could be it could be the man it could be the woman in the relationship it but I'll say I see it happening more for women than I do for men
0: well now when, when you say leaders uh, in their own lives what mm-hmm. do you mean by that because you know um, I don't need to be um, the leader i don't need to be the the main breadwinner i don't i mean i you know it's pretty mutual with, in my relationship i don't need to be that i don't need to be i don't need to be masculine i mean i'm i have a lot of feminine qualities um i'm good with following i'm also good with leading um but i think maybe you mean something different
1: i do i i think there's also a lot of. Um projections about what a leader is Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times it's not that you have to be the masculine one and that you're the one who's making all the choices but it's the willingness to actually include your opinion your thoughts Mm -hmm. ideas in the relationship
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: I I just see it over and over again I have so many clients that I coach that the minute that ring is on it's almost like they forget who they are Mm everything becomes whatever the husband desires, you know, whatever um, whatever he's indicating. And a lot of times women shut off their own awareness of like the finances of, um, you know, creating things that would work for them in the relationship. Like they just lose themselves in this relationship instead of being a leader that includes the husband, includes the kids, includes the finances. And staying aware and alert and being able to make choices that, you know, may not work for another family but would work for your family.
0: Interesting. I'm, I'm trying to relate to this. I understand that's the for sure 1950s and, and then some version of, of, of a husband and wife. The women that I have married now on my second one and final one. Uh, I mean, not not, because it's good, (laughs) not because I'm giving up on marriage, Um, are very strong women. And um, I don't, I, but, uh, you know, you say you see a lot of it and I I will absolutely believe, and I'm sure that there is a lot of it. um, But most, and most of the women that we hang out with are powerful women and women have become very, very powerful. And you know, the fact the, the thing I struggle with uh, or see people struggling with is like where what you know, what's the male role with the powerful women. But if you don't want to go there, we, we're good where we are.
1: Totally go there. We can totally go there because for me, being the leader is not just a woman or a man conversation. It actually it's It's with your kids as well. It's the willingness to be curious and not to shy back from you know, looking at things different than everyone around you. And, you know, when I think of women that I work with, there are many very strong women <laughs> there. The, some can be not strong or passive or whatever you want to call it. But like majority are these powerhouses that when it comes to their work, they are a different person. But the minute they're at home, it's almost like they have a different mask that they wear. Mm hmm. Um, you know, and and for me, the conversation really is it's not about making one sex good and one sex bad. It really is like how can we empower each other so that our relationship grows together instead of really like one person's making all the decisions and not really including the other person?
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. so is is there something your to your solution beyond? include the other person, or if you are the other person, you know, demand to be included or.
1: I think it's not just even the demand. It's the willingness to first even acknowledge it. Like I told you, Mm -hmm. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a very powerful person. I'm a very dominant person and I always respected, you know, my husband and, and everything else, but it's these hidden moments that you don't even realize you go into this unconscious world and no matter what you're doing for the house, it's easy to get into this trap of what the roles are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's the first place of actually, what would you like to add to your life? You know, we play the role of, you know, dad or mom, but like, what would you like, if you could actually choose today, no matter how old your kids are, what would you like to add to your life? And then, are you going to make that be a priority of a goal or a target that you're actually going to reach?
0: Right. Okay.
1: Good. So it starts with you actually doing some (laughs) self-searching. And, you know, from that, what, okay. So like, let's say you choose something, right? For me, it was like, my kids were amazing athletes. And for a long time, I wouldn't travel much. Cause I knew I wanted to be there, wanted to be there for their events and things of that sort. And I realized that there were moments of business I wouldn't take on, or there was things I wouldn't do that required travel. Cause I didn't want to miss those moments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If I would have missed those moments, my kids love me. It wouldn't have mattered. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's oh, like, Oh, you didn't
0: want to miss it for their sake.
1: Yeah, for their sake. And and at the end of the day, like, the kids are fine with it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But, I mean, Bill, I'm actually really happy to hear that, you know, with you and both your relationships, it sounds like you just had such a dynamic, conscious relationship, you know, with both of your spouses.
0: Well, there's, you know, there's uh, this almost a role reversal. I, I mean, my wife Joanne is extra is a dynamo and you know I can be very dy- very very dynamic I and particularly at work and very willful at work but when it comes to being home and being with her I'm really fine about going along to get along and although to your point now that so this is kind of a role reversal kind of thing but to your point um, I really went Overboard on going along and get along. Like, I just, whatever she wanted to do, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was okay with. I, I was, you know, she's happy, I'm happy. I've always felt that way about my kids. Whenever they weren't complaining, I was happy. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the, the truth is, you know, like, I couldn't have even envisioned saying, I want to take this vacation by myself, or I want us to take this vacation, which I know is much more what I want to do. Like she likes the woods. I like the beach. Mm. Like, so we always go to the woods. I love the woods, Um, but I also love the beach. She doesn't like the beach, but I want to see the ocean like once a year. And so we go to Florida now around my birthday every January. And it's like, I I almost had to get over myself that like, like, you know, uh, that I was actually allowing myself to be done for. To be taken care of in that way.
1: See, and that's the in- interesting part. It's like the follow because we want to make them happy, but they want to make us happy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: it's like, but that's you found thing. Florida, you know. But most people don't. Mm-hmm. They still follow the "let's go where my spouse is going to be happy." A happy wife means a happy life, you know. No, no, that in- that's not really correct.
0: I would I just like to client- say that I just like to say that my client. Comedian Jeff Allen has owns that phrase "Happy wife, happy life." So he, he he coined it way back when.
1: We're gonna quote that one, okay? We just play a
0: quote. quote. Go ahead. But, but so it, yeah, no, it's not. It's not right. That's right. Yeah, right. I'm with you on that.
1: And what I see is people do that for a period of time, and then that's when the energies of resentment and judgments and things just come into play. Because like you're not following what would nurture you. Even though you enjoy the mountains or you know you mm-hmm. enjoy the other aspect of it, it is finding, okay, if your wife doesn't enjoy that, can you create something else in your life where you're going with your friends? Or like, I'm just wondering, like, is there another outlet that you get to still be right. nurtured to what makes you happy and what your body would like? As well as having those enjoyable moments with your wife, where you both are happy with whatever activities you're doing, whatever location you're going to.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: You know, one of the things that I actually have even in the book is, you know, about making you priority. Is I say, do you actually treat yourself with the same regard you have? You know, the, I'm
0: sorry, you cut out with the same regard
1: to others. -hmm You know? <laughs> right. And most people would say no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I've had very few people who would say yes. Mm-hmm. And I bet you, Bill, your wife, if you said to her, honey, I want to go to the beach, I'm gonna have a weekend with the boys or whatever, like she actually would be excited for you. It wouldn't be like, you know, I think most people fear what their spouse might think, like, oh, blah blah, blah blah, might cause a fight or whatever. But most spouses, they actually enjoy knowing that you would like something, and you're going to make it happen.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm, I, I'm not sure that's true, but I'm not. But there's truth to it in my particular relationship. But I get it. I absolutely get it. That um, you want to see people making themselves happy. You want your partner to take the initiative in making themselves happy and having what they want
1: and i think the other myth of relationship is that your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is your your significant other it's their job to make you happy you know there's a lot of projections that go into that mm-hmm. what if it's the it's not their job to make you happy but you can make yourself happy with them you know with the situations that you have with the things that you create together with the places you do go together it's like you're bringing this joy to Together instead of, you know, I mean, I, I hear it all the time as well. It's like, okay, it's my husband's job to make me happy. Well, gosh, going into that, already you're asking for this possible relationship not to succeed. Because no one can make us happy. It's comes right. from, spin, you know, it really does. Yeah. So it, you know, I keep saying, like, everything's gonna be different each day. Your needs are gonna change and Staying in that open communication where you can actually share with your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or whatever, like, what makes you joyful? Like, what brings that joy into your life? And if you can't, if it doesn't bring it in there, still go on. Like, for example, I'll tell you, when I met Peter, he is an executive, and his life was his bicycle. His his bike actually cost more than one of my pearl necklaces, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's his passion, but I do not have any desire being on a bike. Mm -hmm. If you put me on it for an hour in a regular bike while we're vacationing, totally different story. But he can be on his bike eight hours, 10 hours. He does 15,000 miles a year (laughs) on that bike. That would make me the most miserable woman in the world if I had to be on a
0: bike. I'm miserable just hearing about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So when we met, I loved yoga. And I would do yoga all the time. And he was not into yoga. So our thing was honor each other's needs of whatever that is. So honor, like, I enjoy, you know, yoga. He enjoys his cycling. And then what can we create that we do together that we both enjoy? And I've got to tell you, I never got to the whole eight to ten hours on a bike. But he did eventually get to do some yoga because he realized it helped his cycling. Um but yeah, it's just like that willingness not to think that our, our 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 significant other is wrong because they don't want to spend every minute with us or that they have to love what gets us excited, you know,
0: our passion. Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by Love Palm, a free, fun tool that helps you deepen your connection with your partner. The premium version includes a powerful 30-week interactive relationship course. It's all happening at lovepong.com. So, let's talk about financial awareness and creating more together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so what are ways to create more in finances as a couple?
2: Yeah. I
1: think, and
0: what's your definition of more?
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times people think to the salaries that they're making or the income that's coming in as their sole source for their income, where that might be one of the revenue streams coming in, but you actually have the ability together to create more than that. Um, The the whole financial conversation, though, it's an interesting one, Bill, because a lot of times, you know, one spouse may not even know about the expenses that are going on. You know, they have the other spouse handling everything. So the first step here is you both need to be educated and aware of how much does it actually cost to run your life? Mm -hmm. You know,
0: well, it's funny you should mention this because my wife literally just this morning said we're going to track every dollar we spend and, you know, and create a spreadsheet for me and because I'm the technical one. And, you know, that's, you know, and, and so we literally embarked on that today.
1: <laughs> she must have known we were going to have a conversation. I
0: mean it. She probably <laughs> does. She's, well, she's a witch also. Oh, that's good to know. That's yeah. good.
1: Um, well, you know, one of the things is that most people really don't know their expenses, but they also don't know the amount of money that's coming into their lives either.
0: Right. Well, you know? that, we kind of know that. It's funny. Mm-hmm. She said to me, I want to figure out how much of our money, you know, we're spending. And I said, most of it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Story for most
0: I say I could. we don't have to do a whole spreadsheet. I can tell you, we're spending most of it. No matter how much we make, we spend most of it. And, and we're not conscious about it. And that is something I'm, I'm guardedly looking forward to.
1: So, Bill, that's the other piece of this, you know. It's not just about spending money, but it's like, where are you utilizing your money to create and buy things that are not just for today, you know, are you investing into your future and not just, and I'll say yes, 401k and other financial investments is one of those, but it's not the only way of doing it. Um, most couples, like I said, the first step is what amount of money is coming in, what amount of money is going out and do this exercise often. Like I think sometimes people do it once a year, like tax time, you know, right? forget it the rest of the year. But it's not. You have to revisit this monthly, quarterly, something that, because there's going to be changes in your lifestyle. There's going to be changes in the income that's coming in. And a lot of times people have more income coming in than they realize, but they're spending it. Mm -hmm. So it's coming in and going out so quickly that they're not even acknowledging the amount that they actually have created is greater than what they thought.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally the case with us. I mean, we go out to dinner. We used to go out to dinner, and you'd be thinking like, hmm, you know, 15 to $25, $30 a person kind of thing. Now we go out to these dinners where it can be 60 and this is Pittsburgh, um, which is, you know, everything is, you know, three-fifths of what New York was. And, um, and now it's, we're like, you know, we think nothing of spending $60, 70 $75 a person for dinner not like for like a once a year thing, for like a relatively routine thing. And it's, <laughs> it's going to be a rude awakening when we add this up. I know it is.
1: <laughs> but see, this is the fun part. Part of the finances, that whole education thing, it's there to open up your awareness of really you're creating more than you realize.
2: Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you are
1: happy, your body's happy, you will generate more money as well. I've got to tell you. Because mm-hmm. money travels at the frequency of joy and laughter and fun and things that actually get your enthusiasm level going.
2: Hmm. And
1: when you're freaking out, when you're upset, you're, you're traveling at a very different energy. Mm-hmm. Than- so guess what happens? You get more bills. You get more of that panic mode of where did the money go? So it really is starting to educate yourself. I mean, I, I'm going to keep saying that again. A lot of times people become couples and they forget all this.
0: So exactly. what, what specific practices um, mm-hmm. do you recommend?
1: Well, the first place is start putting some money away in the honoring of each of you. Hmm. So, you know, um, I go ahead. Oh, exactly. So <laughs> what I used to do is for my business. For every dollar that came in, the first 10% would go to charity. And my business started to grow very rapidly, actually, because it was this generative energy that was being created. And there was so much gratitude I had for the different organizations I was giving the money to. And gratitude will bring you more money. So one of the things I realized, though, is that it was always about everyone else and everything else before money to me. And when I shifted it, and this is a tool actually from um, Right Riches for You by Access Consciousness, and it's you put 10% of every dollar or whatever you make in the Honoring Me account. So it could be in a checking account, savings account, it could be under your pillow, wherever, but you're not to spend this money. And if at first 10% is not something within your budget that you can do, Choose an amount. It could be an amount or it could be a percentage that you can actually start investing in you right away. Okay. What you'll realize is money generates more money. So, like, it really is the compounding effect of when you start honoring you first before you pay the bills, there's going to be more revenue streams that come in that you didn't even think about. Like, someone will just give you money because the bill you're, you're having. I don't know. From not just your birthday, but like money just starts showing up yeah. in some really irrational way. I,
0: I have, I do have a client that I do very little for, yeah. And then, and four times, I'm trying to think if it's five times, four or five times, he has sent me a thousand dollars via PayPal out of the blue just to thank me, like in in two 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 and a half years.
1: There you go.
0: It's insane. there you go.
1: That, there you go. But see the the piece to this. Is that most of us, when we look at the bank account and as it starts to drop, we go more into the scarcity and the lack energy, which remember I told you is a different frequency. So you attract more of that. But Mm -hmm. if you are in this place of gratitude, you're like, you look at this and you're like, wow, in my 10% account, I actually have this, you know, in my honoring 10% account. What you, you keep your vibration, your energy to be the higher to be that level of joy, and it will just add more to it. So I say to people, do it for your business and see how much your business grows, but also do it personally. And I even taught this to my kids years ago, and it's amazing to watch when they honor themselves and they don't spend the money. Um, You can spend some, but not the honoring me money until you get to a place that you stop having that moment of going into the lack. Um, but what I've found is like how much their bank, like I'm watching their bank accounts grow and Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful to watch. So you can even teach this to a two year old or a five year old or a hundred year old. This is something that could be universal that everyone can apply, even if they don't have a husband or a wife, um, and see how much that changes. And like I was saying, gratitude, gratitude is so important. So if you do have a bill, like you're going to pay your Power bill, or you have an invoice for an employee, or whatever, whatever you're paying. If you actually are grateful and say thank you so much, and pay that bill, whether it's automatic bank payment or whether it's a check you're writing or giving them cash, however you're doing it, there's this other energy that goes into your bill, and you will receive more money. It's the That's
0: six- interesting. Cash- I like that. I like that. I know for a. F- I know. For a fact that when I receive uh, checks from clients and they put a thank you on right, on right on the back of the envelope or in the memo or a post-it, like it it's a, it's it's different. It's it's a, it's it makes a difference to me. Um, and yeah, and I can imagine the same thing because I know there are bills I write uh, checks I write begrudgingly,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and there are checks I write not be grudgingly and um there's really no reason not to write them all with gratitude
1: mhm mhm and even if you didn't write the words thank you it really is your energy and they perceive it at the other end just like you are you know
2: mm, yeah, and, that's true. And,
1: and one of the things i've found is that you know also if you're willing to include the business. Like I think a lot of times, you know, with our finances, we think we have to be the one responsible for everything, for our spouses and our spending and the business. And when you start including the consciousness of the business, you start including the consciousness of your house, you will find that there's these inanimate objects that actually can also contribute. The business has its own entity, it has its own vibration, it has its own energy. So Ask the business every day, hey, what would you like today and who would you like to add to you today? It could be you add who or what can I add to you today? It could be a person. It could be a client. It could be an employee. It could be a new accounting system. It could be a new printer. But what you'll do is you're actually bringing this conscious energy to everything around you, making you money, making not just money, actually bringing in greater things into your life.
0: Mm -hmm yeah, it's really about abundance
1: mm-hmm.
0: in mm-hmm. every sense of the word.
1: Exactly exactly. Yeah. And then, please reevaluate all your expenses because you know, I think a lot of times we also are unconscious in our spending. Mm-hmm. so we don't even realize some things on our auto bill pay, and we just don't even know what we're paying for. And there might be things that just you don't require in your life anymore. And when you start to purge the things that you don't need, not because, you know, the money aspect, do not not from the lack of it, but truly like, hey, I'm abundant. I have got the money for it. But do I actually require this? Does our household still require this? Does the business still require this? And when you start to do that, you open up the space for other things that might even be bigger things that want to come into your life.
0: Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to cover?
1: Wow. Well, we covered a few (laughs) from all over the place. I, You know, for me is this honoring is so important. Like honoring you, honoring your relationship, honoring the business. Like when we actually start to look at this and say, okay, if I choose this, will this create the future that I'm desiring to have? Or if I choose this, will it decay? You'll realize the places where you've been making these unconscious decisions that aren't really creating greater for you, your relationship, your money flows, your business, or anything else. And you will know, because there'll be a difference. You'll feel either lightness in your body, like a joy, or just expandedness, Or you might actually perceive some heavy feelings or a knot in your stomach or something that tells you, you know what, this is a decay. It really is not creating greater for me. So I think a lot of times we don't trust that we have this knowing to know if something's going to be, you know, helping us or harming us.
0: Mm -hmm. And how does one tap into that knowing?
1: Ask a question. Just that question. If I choose this, what will my life be like in five years?
0: and how often would one ask these questions I like ask is it a regular it, practice like yeah. every morning kind of thing set ask, time
1: yep i ask it all day depending all day. on it depending on what i need it like if i'm about to you know i don't know hire someone if i'm about to go somewhere like i actually ask this question and i've incorporated it into every aspect of my life cuz what happens is actually the future is whispering And you will perceive it. You're like, okay, like even like the road to work, you know, if you ask, hey, today, should I be if if I go down this highway, what will my life be like in five years? And you'll notice you have this huge knot in your stomach, then don't go down that highway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There might be an accident, there might be something. There's these little whispers of the world. And and the same thing, like even, you know, if you're gonna buy a house or a car. Like if you start including this question, you'll find the things that create greater in your life and you'll notice the things that really don't.
0: And is there a specific wording that you like? or
1: I, there's, 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 there's two ways. Um, what I love is if I choose this or if I buy this, what will my life be like in five years? Mm-hmm. If I don't choose this, what will my life be like in five years? So that's that's the spin of that one, okay? And then the other one, will this create or decay my future? Got it. And I've got to tell you, if we're talking about conscious relationships, think about it. How many people meet each other online or in person and they have this feeling like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't even have a conversation with this person. And they don't even ask. They just do it. And they realize it ends up not being at all what they thought and it ends up not being um, greater in their life. So even if you ask before you go on a date or, you know, other places in your life, if you ask this question, will me going out with this person create greater in my life or decay my life? You may find that you may not date some of the people
0: you're dating. (laughs) Are there – do you think there are – like if you're looking at – Getting engaged and getting married.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, are there um, deliberate questions that you would? I mean, I mean, hopefully there are some obvious questions, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, the questions I just shared with you mentioned that. Right. Just the if I if I choose to get married to this person, what will our lives be like in five years?
0: Mm-hmm. And you're using that, so you're asking. In that case, you're asking your intuition. I was you're thinking
1: asking, of, right? yeah, you're asking, you're knowing, you're asking right. actually the energies yeah. of the future to also be there with you. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. You're Yes. Okay. You're asking. Yes. I, perfect. And, but are there conversations you would have with your yes. partner? Like, you know, I don't know, do you like I, the ocean or the mountains?
1: I, uh, I, I think, you know, one of the things that most people don't have conversation about is actually their finances Mm
2: -hmm. yeah they
1: talk about the wedding and the cost of the wedding but that's really the the in-depth conversation like but even like learning each other's spending habits you know that ends up being one of the biggest fights and problems in a marriage in a relationship whatever it is it's one of the biggest places where people break up so it's not that that's the showstopper but you need to educate yourself and be aware What do they require? What are they desiring to have in their life? You know, I think a lot of times people don't even have the conversation about babies. Like, will this person even want to have a child? Um, Well,
0: that's an obvious one. I mean, let's go back to the money one because I'm interested in that because I think that's really true. In fact, there's a taboo in this society, at least I grew up with one, that you don't talk about money. It's not polite. You know, if, uh, you know, if my kids say, you know, I'm picking up the check for dinner. My kids are are curious. They're like, how much was dinner? I'm like, that's an impolite question. You don't ask that question. Um, you know, how much do you make? You don't ask that question. Um, I, and now I don't know which of these are actually, you know, in polite society, bad questions to ask anymore. Um yeah. Do you have a sense of that, A? And B, I mean, certainly if you're looking at getting married, I don't know what the question, you said, what are your spending habits? Like, how would I, I don't even know how I would answer that question. Like, you know, when I buy something, I spend money. When I don't buy it, I don't. I mean, I don't know what my, I don't know what my own spending habits are.
1: Yeah. But what if, Bill, it was the same thing of this doc that you were talking about creating with your wife, right? What if you didn't, wait. The the doc, the Excel spreadsheet or the Google doc that you guys are going to create and actually Mm -hmm. track things, right? I don't think you need to track every penny, but you do need to know, okay, once a year I pay my car insurance or twice a year. Like people don't usually look at the expenses they have of what does that look like on a monthly basis or every two weeks or whatever, however often they get paid. Mm -hmm. So it is having that. But what if this new generation is different than how we grew up. Because, yeah, we didn't talk about that with our parents. But now I say, please educate your children about money. Maybe you don't tell them what your salary is if that doesn't work for you. But why not educate them to what dinner costs? They have such a different awareness and education with you. You know, I know so many people that these conversations never happen and they get themselves in some of the weirdest financial situations because no one was willing to have the conversation with them. You know, the 10% account, educate your kids about that now, the honoring them, even the bills, like how much fun would it be to educate kids about gratitude, the gratitude of someone provided a service and now you are thanking them by paying this bill instead of a bill is a problem. A bill is never a problem. You just need to know what it's going to be so that you can create the money for it. Um, You know, so for me, I have to say, like, you know, a marriage is a very big decision. And very often people jump into it not really knowing the other person, (laughs) not really knowing, um, can we be compatible financially? Can we be compatible, you know, um, in what you said, like, if if you if you're with someone who says no, I will never let you go to the beach and the beach is something that makes you happy, you may consider something different before you get married. Now in this case you have an amazing wife, it's a different situation, but I know people who do that and it becomes this locked relationship instead of a relationship that's growing every single
0: day. Hmm. Beautiful. All right. So how, how how would you like people to find out more about your work? I mean, do you, uh, are are you looking for, uh, is there something you like to promote a book? Do you like, do you do coaching or uh, consulting online? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so I can definitely share. Um, The best place to catch me is BellaPemo.com. It's B-E-L-A-P-E-M-O.com. And you know, in terms of services that we offer, we have so many services. There's coaching and consulting that happens at an individual level. We actually do couples as well, as well as organizations. And I do want to share this amazing book that is out there, America's Leading Ladies. And it's been beautiful to watch the age groups that have been interested in this book. I even have teenagers that just love this book. And it's 50 women coming together and sharing leadership from such a different place and, and not, and, and tools to really assist you. So it's not just stories, but it's actually there to empower you to be that leader of your life. And for my particular one, it's not just being a leader of today, but being that leader of the future as well. And, um, you know, what else? And, uh, I guess that that would be a great start. <laughs>
0: wonderful. Perfect. Well, Lale Hancock, it has been wonderful speaking with you. Thank you so much for taking the time today.
1: Thank you, Bill. I'm really grateful for you. Thank you for this opportunity.
0: If you enjoyed today's conversation, please check out our other podcasts at lovepong.com/podcast. While you're there, check out lovepong.com. You'll be glad you did. I'm Bill Weil. Thanks for listening.